0: New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught.
2: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by Indeed, Pepsi, and Bet Online. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the Blue Wire Network. And joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back Eric Crocker. What's up, man?
1: What's up, man? Uh, You know what? I'll tell you what's up. I'm actually like like, on, like, a little strike. And it's just, like, I, I don't, you know, at least on Twitter, I'm not talking about the 49ers quarterback situation. You're
2: done. You're done talking about quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. Not on Twitter. Now, you know, on the pod, like, of course. But Twitter, mm, don't want to do it.
2: Why? Because it's, it's too unreasonable?
1: It's toxic. And yeah, it's, it's it going is. in a circle. And, I mean, there is no right or wrong answer, you know? So it's, like... People are tearing other people down for their opinions when, like, we don't have any effect over anything. I mean, we can all talk about what we think is going to happen and whatnot, but, you know, we don't, we don't know, so. But, the, you know, the fact that people, oh, you're an idiot if you think this, and I'm just like, man, this is really a toxic space right now when you get to talking about the quarterbacks. So, I say, you know what? Not talking about quarterbacks anymore. Not, not as far as what I think the 49ers are going to do not on Twitter. On here, of course, you guys get all my uh opinions and thoughts.
2: Well, and and I don't blame you, bro. Like I and I mentioned this, you've heard me mention this before. Like people voluntarily like entrench themselves in like a way of thought. You know, to me it seems way more interesting and way more entertaining and way more like stimulating and it's just an overall more positive point of view to just kind of have, have thoughts on like any given like, like with me, if the 49ers stick with Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not going to be disappointed. If they part ways with Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not going to be disappointed. If they keep Jimmy Garoppolo and draft someone new, I'm not going to be disappointed. If they go with a a free agent that happens to be good and hits the market, I'm not going to be disappointed. And I'm not going to feel the need to say, I told you so about anything. But I feel like there's a lot of people that have like planted their flag in a certain narrative or a certain direction the team should go or could go. And then if it doesn't happen, they won't say anything. And if it does happen, it's like, Somebody who grabbed the top of like a metal trash can <laughs> and they just run around the middle of the street going bang 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 bang.
1: Yeah, man. Y- I you know I, I know what it, I would do. Like, you know, I know what I would do, but you know, it what the 49ers do doesn't always align with, with what Eric Crocker would do. Now I will say this. More times than not, I definitely have had the right idea. <laughs> the right answer. I I I I will say that. More times than not, I've I've had about right around the right idea. Of, uh, like my my thinking has kind of lined up or aligned with what they actually end up doing. Uh, so I will say that. And I mean, I can give examples for sure, but usually I have a good idea. Remember last year, uh, I mean, this is just off the top of my head, but everybody's saying 49 going to draft a corner in safety, remember that? And I was like, no, they're not. I didn't think that they would do it. And I thought it was going to go pretty much the way that it went. And that didn't align with what other people thought the 49ers should do, even going back to the year before. But, you know, I just kind of give my opinions. And I will say, usually I'm fairly close. Now, I did think that the 49ers would take a receiver first round. I thought it was going to be with the first pick, you know, with the 13th 13th overall pick. And then, you know, obviously I turned into the 14th, but they still did get a receiver. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, like, my thoughts are usually... For the most part, at least during the Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch era, the way I typically think that they should kind of move, they usually kind of move in a very similar fashion. So we'll see if that holds true this year. with kind of what I think they should do, and if they kind of that kind of goes with. Or I mean, what three. I think they going do. I think that's what it's, that's usually what I think they're going to do. I, I typically have a good idea of what I think that they're going to do. We'll say that.
2: Right, and that's and that's an important distinction to make. I think when you're talking about the Forty ers and and the avenues that they could take, is there's things that we think they should do, and there's things that we think they will do. Right, you know what I mean? Like there's very, very two very, very different things, and and there's and you see a lot of that when it comes to mock drafts and stuff like that. Is there are. Things that, you know, when you read a mock draft, sometimes they're written as if what that person that's writing the mock draft would do, and sometimes they're written as if something uh, that person would do. You know, it's it's and it's and important to say the same things when you're talking about what the 49ers should do. I know that I've had plenty of, of instances where I've talked a lot about what I think the 49ers should do, and... They went another direction and I don't like ridicule them for that. And I think it's, it's the same way that people approach their opinions on Twitter that you're talking about. It's like people. it's just hard for some people to form an opinion and, you know, be passionate about it or be convicted about it without turning into kind of like, you know, like you can be convicted about something, but you don't want it to turn into stubbornness to where you're kind of like unwilling to, even have a conversation about another way of something happening. It's just boring. It's like, what's the point?
1: Yeah. Do you remember yeah. when 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 was it 2018 draft? Right? Wait. Was it nineteen? It might have been nineteen. No, cause nineteen was Debo and those guys. Yeah, because Juan Thornhill, he was a rookie last year. So 2019. So I remember doing a thread on on Juan Thornhill because I loved him. I loved his game, right? And um, I was like, man, like, I'm going to do a thread on this guy even though I don't think 49ers are drafting the safety. And people were like, they you're going to draft a safety? Like, they don't. And I'm like, dude, I'm looking at the safeties like that the 49ers have. I'm looking at how it's const- the secondary is kind of constructed. I don't think they're drafting the safety or corner. Now, they did draft a corner, Tim Harris, but it was like way late, like sixth round when everybody thought they would draft a corner, like third round or whatnot. But you can – if you really pay attention to the team, you can get a sense of kind of some of the moves they're going to make. Like here's another one that I kind of think – you know what? I'm not going to answer because I think I saw a question on this. Uh, so we'll kind of I, I, – I'll let that linger for a little bit. But <laughs> there's right. something well, I think if- that is like – you would think like, oh, this position is kind of solidified because they've thrown a lot of resources at it, but it's not. But we'll get into that. We'll leave that as a, what is it was a cliffhanger. Is that what they call it?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to you gotta keep them sticking in. We got to we got to up our, our minutes. Listen, you know what I mean? Like we got to we can't just have people tuning in and then going and then clicking on something else. Like right. we want to keep them keep them around. So I'm sure that, that what you just said did that for sure. Yeah. Um, so, I guess we can let's let's run through kind of the the status of the 49ers right now, the latest and greatest of the housekeeping news, uh, and then we will get straight into this week's mailbag. Um Kyle Shanahan started the the his uh, his press conference today out with kind of just going through the um the practice report, who's in, who's out. Um the first thing that kind of came out today was the 49ers have opened the practice window for george kittle which is three weeks so he has three weeks of practice and at any time during that three weeks he can come back he could technically come back for today's or this week's game against the cowboys and obviously he's not going to come back after week 17 because although the 49ers haven't been eliminated from the playoffs it seems unlikely that they would make it so essentially george kittle has three weeks to play in any sort of game so he's he started practicing today um Kyle did say that he did not expect George Kittle to play on Sunday, but it always is a possibility. Um, and and I guess we'll we'll save it. We'll we'll say we'll save it. We'll save it because we might have a question about it. I think we got a, a you know some opinions on on the George Kittle playing football thing that we've kind of mentioned, but it'd be worth mentioning again. But let me just get through the rest of this, and it might be within a mailbag question, so I don't want to do that and then just say, oh, well, we already talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Nick Mullins is going to start, which I'm whatever about. Like, I, I think if if I had to choose between Nick Mullins and C.J. Bethard, I'd probably choose Nick Mullins. But at the same time, you know, I know everybody wants to see something new. That being said, we have seen plenty of C.J. Bethard before. I, I'm, I'm I'm getting into opinions again. Let me let me get through the news. Let me get through the news. We'll start the mailbag. Like I said, I'm I'm, I'm being my own worst enemy right now. Um, ben Garland, uh, backup center seems like the starting center just because Western Richburg has missed so much time. Kyle Shanahan doesn't expect him back this season. Uh, Grant Cohn asked, uh, asked Kyle Shanahan if if he was considering replacing McGlinchey. Uh, Shanahan didn't seem like he'd given that any thought at all. So, I mean, there's that. He just said that, you know, he's had his ups and downs and obviously some of his downs have been in key profile moments, but, you know, that comes with the, the territory. Um, said that if Nick Mullins wants to remain the starting quarterback, then he needs to avoid the turnovers, which which is fair. That's that's not controversial. Nick Mullins gave Washington more points than they earned themselves, so that seems like a pretty reasonable to, to say of every quarterback. Here's a cool quote, though. He was asked about Brandon Ayuk, and, and Shanahan said that Brandon Ayuk has not arrived yet. He can get a lot better. That's A crazy. Lot. I
1: was just literally looking at that right now on Instagram. Like, I just, like, as you say that right now, I'm <laughs> actually looking at the picture and it shows like the quote of that. That's really wild, but go ahead. And you
2: know what's, what's interesting is I, I agree with Kyle Shanahan. Like uh, Brandon Ayuk, in terms of collegiate slash pro level wide receiver play. This is like his third year, which, you know, he only played really one major season at, Arizona, he, he was there for two years, transferred from junior college. He was there for two years. He chose Arizona because it was one of the only schools that was actually going to keep him at wide receiver, which is crazy. Now that you see what he's capable of, uh, he kind of, you know, his first year was decent, but nothing. And then he blew up his, his last year there. And, and then he came to the pros. And so as far as competing against quality, like I said, cle- like quality competition, NFL competition, high-caliber high, cal- high, high caliber college competition. He hasn't even had that much, and I do think that he can get a lot better. I see – now, this will largely depend on whoever's throwing him the football, but I see Brandon Ayuk ceiling is like a Devontae Adams, yeah. and me and Croc have already talked about this. He's got a lot of similarities to him. Um, obviously, he's got a long ways to go because I think Devontae Adams, at least right now, is the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah. He's one of the most so,
1: refined receivers. I mean, maybe the most refined receiver in the league. But.
2: Right. I yeah. I yeah. I, I would agree with that for sure. And I think Brandon Ayuk can become that. I don't. I'm not saying use that, but you see these little flashes of of movement and fluidity and making something that's really complicated look effortless. All those things. I think that Brandon Ayuk can get there. And let's say that's that's a very high bar to set for somebody. Let's say he doesn't get there. Let's say he gets three quarters of the way there. Then you're still doing dealing with a really really good receiver, so uh, you know this. I think this this it's. I agree with Shanahan. Like the sky is, is almost limitless for him. Um, I mean, I guess that doesn't really make sense. The the ceilings. I don't know. Whatever I'm trying to say. So um, I guess it would be important to cover the the practice report real quick. Um, Daniel Brunskill. He's suffering from some shoulder shoulder pain, which is not great because. Um who somebody was placed on the COVID list. Colton McKivitz was placed on the uh, on the COVID list today. And he was kind of filling it at right guard while Brunskill was at center. And now uh he's on the COVID list. And now Brunskill is suffering from shoulder pain. Who knows how much if, if he's gonna be good to go for the game on Sunday? But the 49ers offensive line could look real weird against the Cowboys. So we'll we'll see. Raheem Moster did not practice today. Kyle Shanahan kind of talked a little bit about uh, his nagging high ankle sprain. He did seem optimistic that they would that things would progress well enough for him to play on Sunday, uh, but we'll see. We'll see those things can really really stay with him. So we'll and obviously Debo Samuel isn't expected to play for the rest of the season. So um, update there. I'm kind of just scrolling through the press conference note that I had, making sure I didn't leave you guys. Leave you guys out. And they kind, of, kind of ended with Kyle Shanahan talking about whether or not George Kittle would come back. And he said, "The you know, the primary deci- the primary kind of sticking point would be whether or not the doctors felt like there was any risk. The 49ers, sooner than later, will probably know how fleeting their playoff chances are. And if George putting George Kittle out there gives them a chance to get into the playoffs, then sure. That's kind of what Kyle Shanahan said. Obviously, that's the most important thing. But if, if they really don't have a chance at the playoffs and there's a risk that George Kittle could get re-injured something, then, of course, it seems like they, they wouldn't even entertain the possibility of him going out there. So we'll see. We'll see on that. It's still, still a little early. We'll see how it develops, see how he practices, see how he feels, all that good stuff. So, all right. Where are we at? We can get in some questions. You ready for some questions, Croc? Let's do it. All right. Yeah, because I'm, I'm tired of talking. I'm going to just ask <laughs> every, every question for you. Every questions for you. Um. All right, so I'm going to start with the ones that replied to my tweet because we're gonna to have to kind of jump around. We we had some like you know last calls that people replied to and stuff like that. So make let me make sure I'm getting this right here. Yep. All right. Um, John Ramsdale, question number one from John Ramsdale at John underscore Ramsdale. Need Eric Crocker's thoughts on Desmond Ritter if the Niners don't go quarterback in the first round. What do you think, man?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I, I like Ritter. Um, where's but, he like
2: projected to go right now? I
1: don't know, but you know what? The draft season is really weird. He could be somebody right now which I think if you ask most people they'd say third round. Again, I always kind of go back to Patrick Mahomes because his situation was very kind of unique. His how people viewed him was all over the place. If you go back and look at most mock drafts, they have Mahomes going at the end of the first round. And that might have even been before, I mean, after like I I bet at the beginning of draft process, he probably was even projected to go maybe later than that, right? Think back to Baker Mayfield. I think uh before the Oklahoma season ended, I'd say like while the games were still played, Baker Mayfield was projected to be like a third round guy, he ended up going first overall. So I never really know exactly where a guy's gonna go. I was, I'll just say this about Ritter. One, very athletic. Nobody in uh, and I don't want to say very athletic, but he's He's, he's a good athlete at quarterback. Um, he's not like Lamar Jackson or anything like that, but he, he's a good athlete at quarterback. He has the most rushing touchdowns of any quarterback in college football. Now, the reason why that's really good is because he's not a running quarterback. He is a passer. They just also use him as a runner, like but not even to the point of like... Uh, uh, Trey Lance, like they don't use him like that. Like he, he just will take off at times. And sometimes they'll do some things with him on the ground, but he has a really natural throwing motion. I like it a lot. I, I think the one thing he has good, like natural arm strength. It's, it's solid. Like he, you, he, when you watch him throw, it doesn't look like, oh, he has a weak arm. It don't look like that. I say the, the one thing that kind of jumps out to me is his, his accuracy can be, I don't want to say all over the place, but it's it's okay. I think his accuracy could be better. So that's the one thing I think if you were going to nitpick at any part of his game, it, it would be that. But I do like him. And if you were to tell me 49ers, they passed on the quarterback in the first round and second round, but they got him in the third, or even if they drafted him in the second round where there's not as much expectations of what you are and you can sit behind Jimmy and we'll see what happens with him and whatnot. We'll see what he develops into. I think that would be an ideal situation for Desmond Ritter. I, I like him. I like his game a lot.
2: Cool. It's good enough for me, man. I'm with it. I'm with it. And I haven't, I haven't watched any of them of him yet. I mean, I've heard the name of times to get me intrigued and I need to jump in there, but I mean, I've taken your word for it. Let's uh, let's keep rolling. Let's keep rolling. Um, who's next? I'm kind of just looking at the timestamps here. All right, Hemish Patel at Patel underscore Hemish, um, Hemish. Hopefully, I didn't mess you up. I just hate messing up names, so hopefully, I'm I'm good, man. And you can tell me on Twitter if I messed it up or not. But um, I know you're in here pretty often, so I want to make sure every time I say your name on the pod, I'm getting it right, bro. He says I'm in the camp of keeping Jimmy and drafting a QB in the first, let him grow like Rodgers Mahomes, since you could dump up you could bump up Jimmy's trade value next year and you're playoff ready with him and you have a capable backup in your rookie quarterback, kind of like Alex Smith camp situation. Thoughts? Well, I think I think I think you have a point I think that would be the most ideal way to go about it I think that what you just described will always be the most ideal way to introducing a new quarterback to the NFL always but it just doesn't ever it doesn't always work out that way you know like the 49ers are really 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 up against the salary cap and they've got a lot of good players that they're trying to resign Trent Williams Fred Warner Kyle Juszczyk and, and, and there are there are many others do, do you have the luxury of keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, keeping the rest of your team where you want it, and then still drafting a quarterback that's not going to see the field, that's not going to contribute right away? Now, obviously, it's ter- in terms of a, a future value, the the value is unquestionable. If you think that quarterback is the man, like it, that doesn't matter. But you know, you're 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 keeping a ba- almost a thirty million dollar quarterback, and you're sacrificing some talent on the other parts of the team just to kind of get that transition. It's sometimes that's hard to pull off. I'm not saying it's a bad move. I think it's the best move, but I'm not sure the 49ers are in a position to, to do that. I think if they were going quarterback in the first round, I think they probably would uh, would probably be committed to that quarterback right away. I don't know, Croc. What do you think?
1: I think if 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 it were last year, that would definitely be an ideal situation, right? Where, and kind of like with, what Kansas City has done with Mahomes, where you are able to sit him, you know, and think about last year, right? If you had a quarterback like that, that you drafted high and, you know, has the talent and whatnot, and he gets to sit behind Jimmy that whole time while the 49ers go to the Super Bowl. And then week two this year, Garoppolo gets injured and your rookie quarterback gets to come in and you get to see what he has. He gets the experience of, You know, playing and and messing up and whatnot. And and Jimmy comes back and then Jimmy gets hurt again. So he gets to go back out there after being, you know, kind of resetting his mind and focusing and stuff. And I think that would have been amazing. And then after this year, oh, I could just let Garoppolo go. I don't have a cap hit really. You know, it's like what, three, four million or whatnot. Now you have all that money to retain the rest of the team. I think this year, like you said, man, it, it just would be a little bit harder to do that for those reasons. Now you still can do it but in the process right. you are going to lose guys. Now, you can look at it big picture where it's like, hey, at least we know if Jimmy Garoppolo is on the field, we will be very competitive and we will win games. And I think yes, if you were to ask me, I would want I would want uh a, a rookie and and no Garoppolo and you could build the rest of the roster. But I think, ideally, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, if I am Kyle Shanahan, I would prefer draft a rookie and still have Jimmy, even though I might take a hit on being able to retain a few guys. You know, I got to make sure I keep Trent Williams. I got to make sure I keep like a Mosley and Verrett. And then whatever happens after that just happens. And we just play it out. And we know, at least we have our long-term quarterback behind Jimmy. You know, that's probably the best case scenario really. And if Jimmy gets hurt, like he has, I mean, again, we touched on last episode, Garoppolo has missed most of two seasons out of three since he's gotten the contract. Not ideal. So if he were to get hurt, boom, your rookie comes in, plays and you let go of Jimmy at the end of the year. So I could see it happening both ways. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they drafted the quarterback high while having Garoppolo still in the roster. You just would end up losing, you know, uh, not even like whole i mean you lose like tart you lose uh you lose some guys sherman tart with i mean you know some guys that you know Witherspoon or whatever but hopefully you you want to be able to retain like a carry hider you know what i'm saying
2: yeah 100 and that to me is, is as weird as it seems to say that about somebody who was kind of just on the streets as they would say before this season. Like he's he's one of the guys like to me, obviously there's Trent Williams, there's Fred Warner if you want to do that this year. Um but I I, I think Kerry Hyder's like uh, up there as like maybe top five, top four free agents the 49ers need to resign. Like I just think I made the comparison earlier on in the season. Like I just think he's like an Ahmad Brooks type where, you know, he's not going to light the stat sheet up. He's a lot of times he's like not going to be necessarily the reason you win a game. Although he should have been that one time against the Saints, but that was a horrible penalty. Um, but it's it's somebody that's absolutely reliable opposite somebody like Nick Bosa, you know. And I, and I think and I think that is that's a very valuable asset. So I, I if if to me if like if I knew I was going to have to sacrifice a guy like that, in st- or I you know I could choose between starting my rookie quarterback or sacrificing a guy like that. I think I would leave lean towards. Starting my rookie quarterback, but again you you don't really want to mess around or mess around when it comes to the quarterback position obviously everybody everything hinges off that so I think you do have a point that like if if you decide that keeping Jimmy for one more season and giving that quarterback a year to develop under somebody who seems like Jimmy Garoppolo, who seems like a great example for all intents and purposes, then that's the way you go because it's it's kind of like a future of the franchise thing it, if if the quarterback develops, everybody succeeds. Yeah. You now it's for the, for the most part, so all right, let's keep it going. Um, Samantha, Samantha at Samantha G10. If the 49ers don't draft quarterback in the first round, who would be a priority, defensive end or cornerback? And I would also add offensive line to your question because I think that's brighter. But my choice is cornerback. What do you think, Crock?
1: Cornerback, yeah, because well, I mean, you said defensive end, yeah, okay. I'm gonna retract my statement. Yes, defensive end would be a priority if if the the value uh like if if that's what lands on my draft board, right? If I have a higher grade on this defensive end, or even if I have an equal grade on this defensive end and this cornerback that's available at that pick, I'm taking the defensive end because clearly you can't rely on 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 a D four. I mean, we've talked about Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, but I mean, I think. Fours is the one you got to (laughs) ditch, you know? And I don't even know if they can. They just restructure this contract or whatever they did. And that moves money around and whatnot. But if they can get rid of out, if they can get out of uh, Fours' contract, definitely first round, get me an edge rusher. If, again, I have an equal grade on the defensive end and the cornerback. Now, if I have the cornerback higher, then I'm not going to reach because of a position of need or whatever. I'm going to take the best player which would, you know, at that point be the cornerback. And, you know, I would go that route because, yeah, I mean, 49ers haven't drafted a cornerback first round since Mike Rumpf, maybe?
2: (laughs) There's a name. I mean, you know what I'm saying?
1: It's been like Mike Rumpf, Ahmad Plummer, you know, uh, R.W. McCorders. Like, those are like, I think those three guys were all drafted first round. And that was like, uh, McCorders was like late 90s. And then Plummer was early 2000s. And then Rumpf was like shortly after that. So that's off the top of my head. Hopefully I'm not wrong and talking out of my ass, but that's kind of what I remember off the top of my head.
2: Right. No, you're, you're good. And I, I agree with that. I think all things considered, you know, unless you're outside of quarterback, a defensive end is the most important position behind that. So if, if, if all things were equal, I would always lean defensive end. But the 49ers going to have a lot of, of issues at corner. You know, they expect to lose Richard Sherman, Jason Verrett, Akella Weatherspoon, uh, Emmanuel Mosley now Emmanuel Mosley is a restricted free agent, so the 49ers can keep him around with pretty much no effort. It just depends on how much they they're willing to pay him. Um, they're going to have some problems there. I I do think that they try and keep keep Jason Verrett around. I think that they won't it won't be that difficult to re-sign him. You know, sign him to a uh, you know a contract that gets makes him you know maybe. If he, let's say he's getting paid a million dollars this season, make it to where he gets paid three or four next year, but a lot of that money is is incentive-based, so if he's on the field, he's earning his money and stuff like that. I, and I think that, that Jason Verrett's going to want to stay with the 49ers because the 49ers were, were so faithful to him as far as you know, seeing him through these injuries and, and wanting to keep him around to to give him a shot. I think that he will appreciate that considering how much he's been through and, and, and the fact that Nobody else had signed him before the 49ers came along, and the 49ers kept him for a couple of years. So,
1: okay, but hold on. It, it has to be close. Like, y- y- like he probably would you know, take a little bit of a uh, you know, reduced salary, but 49ers would definitely have to be in the ballpark. Like, you well, know, yeah, the, mean,
2: you can't I remember,
1: be. you know, obviously much smaller scale, but, you know, arena football, I just came off of a great year. I had 11 interceptions in the season, and I was willing to stay in Portland. And the owner, for whatever reason, wasn't even trying to come close to what somebody was offering me. So, shoot, I well, mean, then you're out. Oh, yeah, I'm out of here. As much as I love playing with my boys, and I mean, that was like the most fun I've ever had playing football. Um, I need to go get this bread. So, all right. yeah, no, no, I'm
2: not saying that he, he you know, because you've heard me say many times, obviously, the amount of money these guys are making and, and what they can do for their families is like the most, imp- one of the most important things about all of it, but, and I'm not saying he takes like a crazy hometown discount. I just think that, that the two sides are going to want to work on it. And I think that the 49ers will, will be able to probably give him a number that he likes. And, you know, just cause I feel like they kind of got a mutual understanding of, of where each other are, where each other feels about the other, if that makes sense. I think, yeah. that, I think they're going to be able to work it out. Um, so yeah, back to your question. I, I would lean cornerback unless a defensive end is also there that you're pretty much you know the same the same hype on and I would go that route. Uh, let's keep. Let me see where we at. All right, Rick Powell at Rick Powell zero six nine two four six zero one. Say we lose out, we get a top draft pick and pick quarterback in the first without needing to trade up. Do you reckon we might go wide receiver again in the second? Seeing as it looks like another great wide receiver class, oof. That's tough. This was the cliffhanger. I, oh man. This was the cliffhanger. It, this, this so this okay, so you got you got your answer coming. Uh, my, then I'll give my thoughts. Uh, it's a boring answer, but I think it just all depends on the draft board. Like if you got a receiver sitting there that you just think is is leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else that you've got available to you, then I think you should go that route no matter what, because you shouldn't just leave good football players chilling on a draft board because you have other needs elsewhere. You don't really want to, there is always some need considering when drafting When people say you don't draft for need. I always kind of roll my eyes because every team does it all the time, but ideally you don't because you always want to just be taking. You just want to, you're the best football players on your team. So if if like a you know a type of DK Metcalf that just like falls to you, not that everybody thought he was going to be what he is, except for Eric Crocker, he knew. Um, <laughs> I love him, so. Uh, so it's, I feel like with Debo Samuel, and Brandon, I, they're good there, but at the same time, Debo Samuel maybe dealing with some injuries, might that might be his path. So I don't, and and if you're not bringing back Kendrick Bourne, who it was criminally underrated by 49ers fans then then you go that then maybe you go that route you know there there might be somebody sitting there that that you just can't turn down I don't think I don't think you could go wrong I'll say that it, you know getting a a brand new quarterback and then making sure that your his targets the people to throw to are just stacked then sure let's roll there might be bigger needs elsewhere obviously free agency changes everything but I don't think they could go wrong with that. What, do, what What's your cliffhanger, Crock? Hit it, Hit us with it, bro.
1: Oh, yeah. You, they, without a doubt, need a receiver. Um, now, whether they do it via free agency, it looks like, if it's me, I'm going the draft route because, clearly, I've been able to get production out of my rookie draft picks, uh, receivers. Whether it was Debo last year, Iuke this year. Um, even before that, I mean, Trent Taylor, rookie year, he caught 40-something passes. Um They've been able to get uh, shoes. Kendrick Bourne, um, you know, even as an undrafted rookie free agent, he caught maybe like thirty passes or something like that. They've been able to get production, production out of rookie receivers. If you can bring a receiver in to where it's like, hey, there's not a whole lot of pressure on you having to be the guy. because We got this dude named uh, Brandon Ayuk and, and we got another guy named Deo Samuel, but we want you to be to solidify yourself as that real wide receiver three. Like, uh, not even just that, like because they use. Um, they use uh Debo Samuel in different roles, you know. So you're kind of like 2B, you know what I'm saying? Like wide receiver 2B to you know, Debo being 2A. Um, I'm definitely like kind of really prioritizing that, and that's not something I'm pretty sure a lot of people want to hear. Um, after the 49ers have drafted several receivers, <laughs> I want to say at least two receivers to every draft so far, but. I think it's a necessity when you look at the roster and you look at how it's constructed. That's what I always try to do. Like, how is this roster constructed? And who do I have come back at receiver? Like you said, like, the one guy you've been able to count on who's always there, always able to play, and I get it, not flashy or anything like that, maybe he drops a ball here and there, but you got a lot of consistency out of Kendrick Bourne. He's always on the field, except for the whole little COVID thing, but he's always on the field. Well, now you're losing that. So who do you who do you count on? Like who do you have? Like okay, Debo, but you know obviously he's facing injuries this year. We'll we'll say he's gonna get that together, but you got Ayuk, and then who? Like it's a huge drop off, uh, and you, I mean maybe you're, you're looking at Hurd uh, coming back, but I mean you know he's missed his first two seasons. Uh, you can look at Richie James. But clearly, they have no intention on really prioritizing him as a a real option at receiver. It doesn't seem like they have a real role for him. Um, Kendrick Bourne has that third receiver role. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't just draft one guy. I would draft two, you know. And I'll say this. I I would draft a certain type of guy. There's two guys that I kind of have my eye on that are kind of mid-round guys. One. Well. hmm?
2: Yeah, go. Let's let's uh, hear
1: Uh, Jonathan Adams, he's from Arkansas State. I'm not just saying that because I live in Arkansas right now, but Jonathan Adams, he's nice. He's nice. He's gonna be flying under the radar a little bit. I'm pretty sure as draft coverage starts to come around, you'll hear about him, but all he does is make make amazing catches, six three receiver, moves very well. Um, That's one guy. Another guy, he tore his ACL. So I know 49er fans aren't gonna really wanna hear that, but he tore his ACL in a game where he had like almost 300 receiving yards. He is a blazer, and I don't think an ACL injury is going to stop him from being able to run fast. So that's another guy who might be a fifth-round pick because he's he'll be coming off of an ACL injury. But I would get him, and that's what what the 49ers have been trying to get that guy, right? They've been trying to get that speedster, whether it was Travis Benjamin, Tavon Austin, J.J. Nelson, um, you know, before that, Marquise Goodwin, and he didn't pan out, and this is a legit speedster. Who's a really good receiver? You just get the ball in his hands. I think he's at SMU. So uh, Ro- Robert Robertson, Robertson, uh, Robertson. So um, that's another guy. But I, yeah, I, I definitely would. I would draft two receivers.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. You know, as long as there aren't other positions that are just like completely being neglected again like i said com- free agency completely changes things but it, it's clear that the 49ers have a very you know um, everybody kind of i've i've seen the 49ers get a little uh, i guess a bad rap as in regards to drafting receivers because they haven't all worked out but i'd like to remind y'all that like nfl gms operate on like a success rate of like 30 to 40 percent like if thirty to forty percent of your picks work out, then you're doing a really, really, really good job, kind of like a professional baseball batter. So you can't just point to picks that didn't work out and be like, oh, then that didn't work out, so uh, they shouldn't draft any more of that position. Some stupid shit like that. So just, just don't get like that. They're, obviously, if they if they could find someone like Ayuk, who all, for all intents and purposes seems outstanding, um, Debo Samuel, if he can if he can overcome, you know, his his is it muscle issues then obviously he's outstanding uh Kendrick Bourne who they got as an undrafted free agent has been outstanding Trent Taylor was outstanding before injuries kind of threw everything for a loop um so they've they've definitely hit on on a lot of their wide receiver choices it's just sometimes it doesn't pan out that's that just happens it comes comes with the job so I I don't I definitely don't think I would I would put receiver out of the question especially if somebody's sitting there like and like Croc said, there's some guys that think they don't have to do it in the second round. Obviously, they don't have a third round pick. But they could have a third round pick if Robert Sala becomes a head coach. They could have two of them. So that is something worth keeping an eye on. Um, l- let's go ahead and get a message from our sponsors. We waited a little bit longer than that we usually do. But who cares? They're still here. Let's uh, let's jump in there. First, we've got Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient which means every hire is critical indeed is here to help of quality candidates whose resumes on indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job making indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do right now indeed is offering our listeners a free 75 dollars credit to boost your job post which means more quality candidates will see it fast try indeed out with a free 75 dollars credit at indeed.com slash blue wire this is their best offer available anywhere Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire offers valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions do apply. And thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Because right now, an ice-cold Pepsi may just be the best part about watching the 49ers. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. I think that might have been my first ad read where I didn't like stumble on anything. I think I think that might have been my first one. I don't think I stumbled on anything. I'll have to go back and re-listen. Could be a new, could be a new moment. All yeah, right, you
1: were good, but hold on. I want to say something um, because while you're t- you know you you just read off the ads, and obviously you know everybody knows that this is a Blue Wire podcast, and the owner or founder of Blue Wire, Kevin Jones, posted posted this tweet um, tonight, and it said 2017, how it started, fired by KBR, and it shows his KBR tweet. Where he says, Crazy Industry, thank you to KBR for the opportunity. Thank you, 49ers and Warrior fans for reading and following along. Love my time in San Francisco. Then the show is 2020, which is only three years later, and it's how's it going? And it's uh sports podcast company Blue Wire raises five million dollars C- series A. And it's just like, damn, man, like Blue Wire has come a long way, huh?
2: It it has, man. It's it's been unreal. I was I was there at the 49ers facility when things kind of unraveled for, for Kevin. And it was just a crazy situation that just kind of, and it's not something I'm going to talk about. Obviously it's, it's not, it's not within my, my, it's just, it would be inappropriate, but I I love Kevin from the moment I first met him. He was just such a nice dude. I was just a brand new dude walking in there behind Chris Biederman, like, like his child or something. And Kevin welcomed me with open arms and we got along right off the bat. And, you know, I was so disappointed when, when that happened and he had to move on and it was You know, I remember when he first started Blue Wire, I was like, oh, that's cool, man. Start your own little podcast network. See how that like if that's like how I said it, like, oh, man, starting his own little podcast network. Good for him, man. And and now it is just exploded into this. Just I I mean, I don't know if I should call it a phenomenon. I don't I don't know if that if 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 his amount of growth is is usual or unusual, but I know that it has just exploded in a matter of essentially two years, two and a half years and i couldn't be happier to be a part of it man cuz kevin is a good dude a lot of you guys that listen to strike and gold have listened to kevin a lot because this used to be kevin's podcast um you know it used to be called he the kevin's own- bitch no i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh, i would i would i would say he he handed us the keys yeah, to to that bitch <laughs> um,
1: with all big following and everything he blessed us he did
2: right i, I agree well and you bless me by giving me a, a phone call um But, and, and now it's just grown into something that that who knows where it's going to go. I I mean, you know, it it could become within at the, at the rate it's growing, it could become the, the, the biggest podcast network uh, in, in who knows how long, just because he's done so well. So, I mean, I can't, can't be happier for the guy. He's a really genuine dude, a very good dude, a very outgoing person. And obviously he's just kind of opened his, his arms because he's a taller guy and he's just kind of opened his arms and, and gathered everybody up to make this this network which is which is awesome so i'm glad you brought that up dude because it's kind of a trip just to look at that tweet you know like it takes a lot of courage to just be like i'm starting my own business let's go right. come along for the ride because it's about to get crazy you know what i mean like it, it's just it's it's impressive i couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine doing that it's, that's pretty impressive so <laughs>
1: yeah
2: all right well, I mean, somebody else is about to do that, so we'll see how it goes. Hashtag rise. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got Jeffrey K. Lyles at Lyles Movie Files. Ooh, I like that. At Lyles Movie Files. I like it. With Kendrick Bourne a free agent, should the Niners draft another receiver or just hope again that Hurd and Jennings could play next year? Obviously, we kind of answered part of that and the fact that we still think they should look at receivers um, at, at any point in the draft, really. Look at receivers that you feel like have a shot to make your roster. I'll say that. Um, But Jalen Hurd and Jawan Jennings, man. Crocker and I got, got together right away after the 49ers drafted Jalen Hurd and just started breaking down the stuff we saw on him. I really hope he, he gets a chance to play for the 49ers.
1: I think we both hope it, but you just can't count on it. And I think that's – you know, it's like when you miss two years – I think by that point you kind of lose that like when you're a higher draft pick, like which he was, like third round draft pick, you you have like there's politics that come with that. Like you your priority, right? With the guy that they want to see on the field, they want to get involved. But after two years, you kind of lose a little bit of that, you know? And I think by that point, you know, going into year three and he hasn't stepped on the field in a regular season game, now he has he's kind of starting from the bottom. So, you know, obviously we'll see what we get from him. Um, you know, if he ends up pulling out of, you know, everything that he's going through and fighting through all that adversity, you you can have a tremendous player. And, you know, I just did a whole spiel on why the 49ers need a receiver. But, you know, if he pa- ends up panning out, <laughs> shoot, that would be a big, huge win for the 49ers. But, you know, it's just, what can you count on? And I think right now, especially with the, where the 49ers are, You gotta, you kind of have to just keep moving forward, whether it's him or, you know, we've talked about the quarterback situation where Garoppolo missing so many games. Like, I can't, if I can't depend on you to be on the field, I have to figure something else out. And I think that that's probably where they're at with Hurd as well.
2: Right. And it's just, just pure, you know, luck. I I don't know what kind of injuries Hurd has dealt with in the past and what you know what that plays into what's going on right now but i mean the dude just plays such a physical brand of football you know i've heard his personality wise he's like he's like a dick so you know that kind of goes into into the way he plays and you know he's six five a former running back and you know that just you can't the, the short little glints we have of him in the preseason against the cowboys was super impressive it was, you know, obviously less than one game, but it just kind of gave you a glimpse of what a guy like that with a, a well-rounded skill set that he has could do. And obviously, you want to see it pan out, but it's just, you know, like Crocker said, you just, you just don't know, you don't know what you can get from that, and you can't plan on it, you can't bet on it, you can't rely on it. You may still be able to benefit from that player. They may still show up and be like, no, 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 this, this is my job, but it's not something that you can plan or bet around, you know, it's probably the best way to say it. So, and same thing goes with Juwan Jennings. You know, he was a seventh round pick that kind of has a lot of seventh or sixth, late sixth. I can't remember. Um, he has a lot of potential, you know, there was a a lot of good things about him. I saw a lot of people that had very good things to say about him as far as what his teammates thought of him, but he just tore his, his leg muscle almost off of his bone. He's going to be doing a lot of rehab. And it's just not something you could you could plan around. So if, if you're looking at a receiver, let's say in the in the second round or in the fourth round, uh it, it's having Juwan Jennings or Jalen Hurd shouldn't keep you from taking that receiver. You you just you just go with it as if you're not gonna hand, have them, and whatever you get is a bonus. That's kind of just, just my take on it. Um and last on this little group of questions, Jenu Soris at Jigajenu, question for both of you. What's your favorite memory or moment from the 49ers or Cowboys rivalry? Crocker, what do you think, man? What jumps out to you?
1: Oh, man. Um, in my prime years, it hasn't really been a good rivalry. But the first game that kind of jumps out. You mean out,
2: like the 49ers have always – or excuse me, the Cowboys have always kind of got the better of them?
1: Um, I don't – The 49ers have kind of been bad for a lot of years. And then, so it just depends on when they play. But, I mean, if you want to go back to their last time the 49ers won, you know, Colin Kaepernick had a good game. Um, It was really weird because 49ers came out, I want to say it was week one, beat them. After a few years prior, 49ers week one lost in overtime to Dallas. That was a heartbreaker Um, in uh, Jim Harbaugh's first game as a head coach. Oh, no, that was second game of the season. because First game they played Seattle. Then they played Dallas, lost in overtime. But this game, um, Tony Romo threw, and I'm talking about 2014 because 49ers missed the playoffs that year. Uh, Romo threw like interception, couple of interceptions, I believe. Um, it was the when Dante Whitner like smashed Des Bryant in his back, ball fl- popped in the air, yeah. And he picked yeah. it off. Um, uh, Vernon Davis had you know touchdown catch and everything, and 49ers just dominated the game. I feel like could have been a lot worse than what the final score ended up being but that was a really good one and obviously I mean there are a lot from my childhood but uh, and I know the battles in the you know the early to mid 90s I mean they it was like the NFC Championship game was like the Super Bowl <laughs> you know but uh, right. but in recent years man it's been I don't know it hasn't really been a rivalry no and I mean what's
2: the last time they played when Blaine at Levi Stadium when Blaine Gabbert was the quarterback
1: yeah a week two, and I went to the game because I'm a diehard. Yeah. and my brother's a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan.
2: Yeah, I was we there went too. To
1: the game, and it was, and 49ers jumped out 14-0, and I was like, "Yeah, let's go!" I'm talking trash and everything, and then it just did not end well after that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it it didn't, and I think Ezekiel Elliott had like one of his best games as a pro. Or, or oh, I think he just...
1: no, 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 no. So I'm thinking that Blaine Gabbert. No, they played again after that when when uh when Beathard. I think you're talking about the one where better played, and Ezekiel. Uh, I might
2: be. I might be. Yeah,
1: that that's, was like that's... the following year or whatever.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know they they weren't. It wasn't good football. So, it's. Um, yeah. I mean, if I had to pick my favorite, I mean, I like vaguely remember Terrell Owens doing the stuff on the Dallas Star.
1: Oh, no, I do remember that big time. But the Flanners lost that game.
2: They did, yeah. And it was kind of like the way it all ha- it went down, like it was cool, but it was also kind of like, you know, like, like too much, you know? Like guys are, you know, you're doing that, then guys are running over and smacking you while you're trying to do it, and it just kind of kind of went like a little too far a little bit. The second
1: um, might have been a little too much.
2: Right. Like you got away with it the one time. like. <laughs> Um, and then Emmett did I mean,
1: it. After Emmett did it. He ran to the middle, took his helmet off, yeah. and smashed his helmet into the ground. I was like, "Oh man, we got a battle." And uh, yeah. yeah, losing that was tough. Huh? That was tough.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good football, it's, and it's entertaining. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's it's, it's stuff like that. It just seems like it always comes back to bite you sometimes. And it, and it ended up, you know, like you said, they ended up losing that game. Uh, trying to think of what else. Maybe you know, I I mean, if I, I go a little more recent, maybe that that Patrick Willis picking off Tony Romo in the end zone on the, I think the game you're talking about where Kaepernick yeah. played, played pretty well, you know, because especially no one I was that was that Patrick Willis's last season, yeah, or was it the season after that?
1: Oh, that was his last season.
2: Yeah, so I mean, I, I think of that often because that that may have been throughout that game. He just he didn't get worse. Obviously, Patrick Willis was never bad. But he progressively got you know, a little worse, and that's why he retired. He was having home so many foot problems, and he just felt like he couldn't go out there and play. And, and also maybe he knew what was coming the 49ers' way with with the firing of, of Jim Harbaugh and the hiring of Jim Sula, and then obviously what followed from that. But, you know, that was just such a, an outstanding play from him. And to know that was the last season – I think of that often. I I think of of Patrick Willis making that interception and just being so damn impressed as he kind of dropped back in the coverage and then just he hopped up and made that diving pick. That was a pretty cool moment. Um and that's just for, you know obviously having to choose just something from 49ers and Cowboys. Hopefully there's people out there listening that can pick uh you know like the um, the catch. You know, it'd be cool to re- I obviously can't remember that. I don't I wasn't born. But um it would be cool to remember something like that, you know? Like imagine that being your most cherished your most cherished memory from 49ers and Cowboys. Like right. one of the most like legendary moments or the most legendary moment in 49ers history is you were there for. I mean, that would be so damn cool. Um, all right, so we got a few more questions left. Let's keep hitting these up. Um at Sharks Josh 95. Should the 49ers re sign Kerry Hyder Jr., even if Chris Kosarek were to leave the 49ers this offseason, Kerry Hyder Jr. has only had success under Kosarek's tutelage? Uh, absolutely. 100%. Yes. I, I mean, obviously, I think the 40, the entirety of the 49ers defensive line, excuse me, is going to suffer a little bit if Chris Kosarek does move on. But that doesn't mean you don't re sign your good players. I, I would also argue that this may have been Kerry Hyder's most significant opportunity in his NFL career as far as snaps go and maybe that's why he's having so much success and and finally getting a chance because if you go and look at his stats he never really had a huge role I'd have to go back and look again maybe he did towards the beginning of his career but I would argue that's just as important as the opportunity and whatever Chris Cossara taught these guys we'll stick with them you know I I don't think that they're just gonna because he's done – all, all the entire defensive line is going to suffer. Um, or be – you know, suffer is not a bad word. I don't think they're all going to regress. I think he's definitely still worth resigning.
1: No, nah, definitely. I mean, and he's not like the most explosive athlete, but he plays with a really good motor. And I remember, and I talked about it before the season and what my brother said who – you know, because Hyder was a cowboy and he didn't have big numbers, but my brother told me like, hey, man, he's kind of good. He's just – didn't really have an opportunity. (laughs) And, you know, the Cowboys had a lot of, you know, young pass rushers. And, you know, that was my brother who, you know, typically, like, he'd just be like, wow, he sucks. Like, I don't care if you guys get him. But he was like, ah man, he's actually kind of good. (laughs) So that was a big, like, vote of confidence to me. I'm like, damn, maybe this dude is kind of good. And obviously he's been 49ers, most protective you know, defensive lineman to date. Well,
2: and what's funny, it's funny that you say that because I also had... Have friends that are Cowboys fans and one of them sent a, a group text saying, Hey, you, you the 49ers will like Kerry Hyder. I, I liked him a lot. I just think he he just didn't get to play that much. And which is funny because your friends said the same thing. Um, you know, and, and obviously that turned out to be the case. The guy is, the guy has done everything in his power to establish himself as almost like a must sign player for uh for the 49ers, or at least that's kind of kind of what I think about him. All right. Um, at lay some up kicks. How serious will Shannon Lynch be in upgrading the offensive line this offseason? Croc, what do you think? I'm gonna look something up real quick. What do you I mean, do you think the so, offensive line is gonna be one of their focuses? Or
1: I was listening to a podcast, um KBR, and it was Maddie Barrows on KBR.
2: Love me he- some Maddie Barrows.
1: And he, and, and I like it because he he thinks from a logical standpoint, right? right. And he doesn't think that the 49ers are going to really touch the offensive line this offseason. He thinks that for the most part, these guys are going to be back. <laughs> you know, and he's like, you know, you would think that you get Richburg back. And, you know, that's your, that's supposed to be your center. And, Um, I mean, there's a chance that they try to maybe address right guard, but, you know, he's like, McGlinchey's going to be back. Trent Williams, he expects them to sign him back. Tomlinson's going to be back. He's been, you know, definitely more good than bad. He had a poor last game, but, yeah, he thinks that the O-line is kind of just going to be back, and they may draft, like, you know, a a fourth-round guy to possibly compete for a guard spot, but he doesn't think that they're going to put a whole lot of resources into the offensive line. And I kind of agree because that's what we've been saying, right? Like, not saying that they're great or good or anything like that, but I don't think the offensive line is as bad as most people think. I, I you know,
2: I think, I think that's fair.
1: And, and they can be, you know, they're they've had their moments where maybe it's a little tough, tough for quarterbacks, but for the most part, um, you know, we just saw a game where Nick Mullins was sacked four times. And none of them were really because of the offensive line. Now, there was one play, I don't remember, Nick Mullins threw the ball away, but uh, Thomason, who I said, did have a poor game. Like, he just got his ass whooped on the play. And that, that's sometimes that's going to happen. When you're going up against really good defensive linemen, sometimes you're going to get your ass whooped. But um, for the most part, people notice, like, a play that stands out to them. And it might be a guy getting, you know, uh beat. Or even with me, with Mike McGlinchey, it's like, damn, why is he always on the ground? Well, really, he might just be on the ground once a game. But it just looks like he's always on the ground. Because
2: mm-hmm. uh, you see him on the ground once a game, so he must always be on the ground. He's
1: always on the ground, man. But um, And that's me. Like, I mean, I, I've complained about that. But really, when you look at it, you know, in, in, in its entirety, he's not on the ground that much. And I'm not saying the offensive line is great, but I think there are worse offensive lines for sure. For sure. Or so, um, you'd like them to just, you know, get a little healthier, stay healthy. And if you can have Richburg back and Brunskill play right guard and, you know, everybody else come back where they are. Like, I think that's a, it's, it's it's solid I'm not saying it's great, but not terrible. Well, the one thing
2: I'm not sure what they want to do with Richburg or how it's all going to work out. I know that his cap number, you know, for for a comparison's sake, his in 2018 he had a 9.2 million dollar cap number. Then in in excuse me, that was 18. In 2019 it was 7.5 million. 2020 5.7 million, and then in 21 and 22 it jumps up to 11.8 and 12.6. So he's gonna have some pretty significant cap numbers for next two seasons. Uh, I don't think they, they could attempt to restructure that or ask him to take a pay cut. Um, there's some, you know, I don't know exactly how it works. If the, I know that if the 49ers were were to cut him, um, it says before June 1st, they would save 5 million. They would have 7 million in dead money, but they would save 5 million. Um, but then if you change it to where it says post June 1st, where you release him after that June 1st mark, I'm assuming it's that simple. Then the cap savings jump all the way up to 8.3 million as opposed to 3.5 million in dead money. So his contract goes way up in value, and you know, uh, it, I'm not sure how the 49ers are going to go up with that, but I do agree in the fact that I think like whoever they can keep from right now, they would rather do that, because one, none of them are all that expensive, other than Trent Williams, who's going to be very expensive. But there's offensive line continuity and playing together might be more, more important to that position than any other position. You know, just being able to bring everybody back, whether they're absolutely elite at their position or not, being able to have a, a an offensive line that knows how each other's play and kind of how to communicate together is a huge aspect of it. So, I think whoever they can keep here, they're gonna they're gonna keep here. We'll see how it goes. Um, Clark Bradley. It's a good question, Clark Bradley. At C underscore Lark Bradley. What's the difference between this year's team and last year's team other than injuries? Injuries? (laughs) uh,
1: I uh, I
2: mean, if you're asking, now that I think of it, I mean, it's a good question. It gets me thinking. I think this year's team is better than last year's team. I think that if the 49ers hadn't been smacked across the face repeatedly by the injury bat, I think that this year's forty nine ers team would beat last year's. I think that Brandon Ayuk in in his current form is more of a playmaker than Emmanuel Sanders is, and I like Emmanuel Sanders a lot, but I like what Brandon Ayuk's shown me. Um, you know, and, and you're you're excluding injuries, so you're just talking about the the
1: people on the team. Uh, yeah. You know, this team might be because if you, if okay, we'll say this: if you go day one healthy. Starters week one last year compared to day one. Well, and we'll throw in Emmanuel Sanders. and you go day one healthy starters 2020. Yeah, I I agree because well, hold on.
2: You've got Jason Verrett in the come up. You still have D four. You've got Nick Bosa. You still have Richard Sherman. You, you have both your safeties, Fred. you have instead of Quan Alexander, you know, well, he, he did start the season though. So I mean, what about last year's squad? DeForest Buckner. Yeah, it's a huge, huge deal. This year, you've got Javon Kinlaw, which obviously is a significant step back, but mostly just because you're going from a a seasoned elite player to a a rookie with promise. So,
1: I think that's um, the big, I think that's really because there wasn't really a whole lot of turnover. It was really kind of just two guys for the most part, right? Or I mean, you person that right guard, but for the most part, it was Emmanuel Sanders, Joe Staley, and DeForest Buckner. And but I mean, you know, you replaced Staley with Trent Williams, so I, I think that's a that's an upgrade. It uh, is. And then, like you said, Ayuk and and Emmanuel Sanders. I think at the very least, it's an even swap. Yep. But I think yep. DeForest Buckner is the one that kind of. I mean if you're talking about DeForest Buckner how he's playing this year <laughs> or last, cuz this year he's like first team all pro without a doubt. He might even be like in discussion for defensive MVP. And he wasn't that guy last year. I mean he was good obviously. Really really good. He was really good. But I think he's just kicked it up to an even higher notch this year. So I get but I guess if you're saying DeForest Buckner last year um I still give them a very slight edge the very
2: 2019 good. team yeah well yeah and i would also only ask just to to, to to give the and and a little bit more to give the 2019 some edge i do think i do i do think there are parts of the 2020 team that are better i think are better than the 2019 team um uh, maybe if you just looked at it that way i think the 2020 offense is better than 2019 offense and then the 2019 defense is better than the 2020 defense but um one thing I would add that kind of takes some, some steam away from 2020 is I would say Jimmy Garoppolo was playing better football. But is that – is a lot of his struggles contributed to that ankle injury. He was not great in the one game we saw before that injury, but then he was really good in the half we saw before. You know what I mean? So who knows what uh, we would have got. What we year, got.
1: If, I mean, if you really kind of look at how he played, especially like over the first seven games or whatnot, he wasn't really lighting the world on fire, like it wasn't. It was extremely pedestrian, really. I mean, it, it, 49ers got two pick sixes in the in Week One against Tampa Bay. Yep, yep, like, I remember that. Really yeah, help make that look a little different than what it really was, especially with how he played. Remember, he threw the pick six early in that game. Yeah, threw it uh, right towards him. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't really all that 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 pretty. And he had a few games like that where it was just. And some games, where, I mean, think of the 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 Browns game, where you had the 80-yard touchdown by, uh, by uh, Matt Breida out the gate. Um, oh, that makes a difference because if you remember week one last year, it was Tevin Coleman starting, and then week one this year is Raheem Mostert. So that definitely, even though they're both on the roster, still that changes things in a little bit. But, um, yeah, he. The 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 Browns game he threw for like 150 yards, and he had a few of those games where it was like 150 or like close to 200, where it was kind of choppy a little bit. But the defense was so good, and I mean that was like the first half of the season for sure, where they kind of carried the defense, carried the offense, the defense and the run game carried. Right. Off so so yeah, there we, was this year. You was, know, he kind of started off a little sketch or whatever. I mean, he did. He really did the same thing last year as well.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, that's a good question. I mean, at the very least, they're comparable. You know, they're both really, really good squads, the 2019-2020 49ers. I think if the 49ers had stayed anything close to healthy this year, they would be competing for the NFC West. Probably, they, They'd probably be in first place in the NFC West. I think a healthy 49ers team right now, I think they beat the brakes off the Seahawks. And um, I think that they would they would be among the best teams in the NFL right now. But it just, <laughs> that's just how bad they have it. You know, it it is what it is. So, all right. At CPOY Jet, always jumping in here. Appreciate you. With the free agents, presumably losing a good chunk of the coaching staff. Granted, we still have Kyle R and the shrinking cap. How good in wins do you expect their Niners to be next year? Ooh, I don't know, man. That's tough. It's really hard for me to make that, make that choice right now because I got to see who they manage to keep, who takes off, what the cap ends up being, who they bring in, who they draft. I don't know. I would, I would say, I don't know. I think the 49ers, I mean, there's such big question marks. Like what do they do at quarterback? Does Jimmy come back? Does,
1: I'll say this. If, if Jimmy does come back, I, I would bet that they have a winning record. What, 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 I think what?
2: that's fair. I, I think that's reasonable. Uh, which is saying a lot more than than you can say about them this year. So I mean it, that's that's still a pretty big compliment. I, I mean I agree with that. I was trying to give them an exact number. I have no idea if Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, I'd probably say they're 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 in the nine or ten win range, you know somewhere somewhere in there. Um, but if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't come back, they go with a a stud quarterback or I don't know. There's just so many different things that could drastically change how I feel about this team between now and then. It's tough to answer that right now. Um. All right, at Hella 49 ers new listener here. How will the off season be for the podcast? So how how will we approach this podcast in the off season? Well, before the season started, we we were doing one episode a week. Um, but then Kevin was also jumping on here on Sundays, so I think. So I mean, I think I think P- Crocodile will probably hold down at least one episode a week. Maybe if we get something to talk about, like two. I don't know. What do you think, Rock?
1: Yeah, I can see that. I,
2: I think that's reasonable. It's just, I, I, we're not going to just disappear. That's for sure. The podcast isn't just going to stop because we're in the off season, because if there's one thing the 49ers can do, it's keep us, give us, give, keep giving us something to talk about. They seem like they always have something going on. So we'll still be around. I would say at the very least one podcast a week. Uh, and if we can get to in without rambling on and wasting your time, then we'll get to it. Yep. The, the more, the better. And the very last question for today is from AA a. Ron at Burn Unit, faithful listener, friend of the pod. He says, "I don't have a question this week, just a shout out and appreciation for the striking gold content." What a good comment. Guys. Nice. What a cool thing to say. I appreciate you AA a. Ron. That's cool. And you're always in here always asking questions. You're always just interacting with us, so I appreciate you. Thing, same thing with uh CPOY Jet. He's uh, he's always in here too. And there's a lot of you guys that then ask, answer, ask questions, answer, ask questions consistently. And I, and I appreciate that because especially with the mailbag episode, it's, it's all on you Like without questions. We have no idea what we're going to talk about. We didn't think we had enough questions this week and we still managed to just ramble on and on for an hour and 10 minutes. So <laughs> um, I appreciate you guys as always, you hear me say this every week, but I'm always going to say it because it's always going to be true. Um, but at that is especially true on mailbag episodes where it's really all on you and, and what you want to hear us talk about, but I don't know, Croc. you got a, you got anything else? Nah, man. Anything else trapped up in that? We'll, we'll okay. make
1: sure that we don't forget to record the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the game, you know, review for Dallas.
2: Yeah. So last week, we completely, or at least I, I don't know if Croc did. Croc was probably, probably remembered, just didn't care. He's like, oh, I hope he doesn't remember. <laughs> he, Um, So the 49ers played on Monday. So we jumped on Monday and did our reaction. Well, we're usually doing that on Sunday. And then our, our winners and losers were done on a Tuesday instead of a Monday. And then we took Wednesday off and we did our mailbag on Thursday. And we forgot to record a reaction on because they really say that you shouldn't publish your podcasts on the weekends because people just got stuff to do and and the the listens downloads all that stuff is way down so we don't really ever ever do anything on a friday because it'll be edited and published first thing saturday and so i remember texting croc on like friday afternoon just going hey uh we forgot to do the uh the reaction or excuse me the preview to the to the game and we were just like oh dang that sucks We'll, we'll make sure we don't do that so Yeah, we will be back on here tomorrow Previewing the 49ers Always classic matchup We'll see Um, Against the Dallas Cowboys We'll be back on here tomorrow So expect that in your feed Friday morning But hey, again, appreciate you Thank you for listening Thank you for making Striking Gold what it is Whatever you're listening on Make sure you rate, comment, subscribe Download all that good stuff, good things Um, But for another episode, another evening This is Striking Gold Signing out Peace out Football is back. It's in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day Every day, head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all of their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code Blue Wire at BetOnline.ag. That's Blue Wire. It's all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Three for three tonight, baby.